Welcome to the Banner Files. This Banner Files podcast. Ugh, look at me messing up already. Point 2.0. <laughs> I'm not getting any of this right. Welcome to the Banner Files podcast. Uh, version 2.0. I am your host, Joara Blake. And I am driving. I just picked my dad up from the airport, dropped him off at home. It's the week before Memorial Day. So Alex is going to go up to town, and I am going to hang out with Dad and my friend Cynthia and her husband Walter. Have a good time. The cats are... They're good. Still got some digestive issues, but they're good. And I'm getting over my fear of driving on the highway kind of strange. I never really imagined that I would have such a crippling fear of going on the highway. But I do. It's just this... I have like this massive panic attack about it. It scares me. I guess it's uh... I used to drive all the time with the pickup truck before we got the Mazda. And when we were in the pickup truck... We got we hydroplaned once and spent spent around in several circles on the highway and slammed into the guardrail. And I think I've been kind of skittish ever since. And it's always just been this thing that's just it's in the back of my mind, like that I'm gonna lose control of the car and I'm gonna hit something or it was it was very painful and disorienting and I felt like I was just gonna be sick to my stomach for weeks. And it was just the lightest amount of rain, but it just happened. We weren't going fast or anything. It just the, the hit a hit a bump. The car, I felt the car kind of just jump just a little bit, and then when it came down, it never really came down on both tires. It just kind of went boop, 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 and then just boom, we hit everything. It was so scary, guys. So scary. I just, I remember driving, like way before then, I remember driving to North Carolina to see my mom in the pickup truck, and I had these like irrational fears of like driving, and my imagination would just wander and write these stories in my head of things to paint, and imagine this deer made out of diamonds, and how I'd run into it and cut the car clean in half maybe even me down the middle and then the car would just keep driving in both lanes one car one side of the car on one one side of the car on the other kind of just this weird anime (laughs) image of this thing that just keeps going even though it's not alive anymore like a ghost like a ghost on a bicycle you know no because that's crazy who knows man who really knows I was driving back with my dad and we're talking about Trinidad Like we haven't, I haven't been back to Trinidad since I was 13 years old I'm 37 now so you do the math and in that I have missed all the kind of magical aspects of Trinidad they have carnival every year and we celebrate all the spirits and all the 
the spirits and the elements of what makes Trinidad so special. From the mythos, the Lagahu, which is a uh, which is like a mythical creature that they tell kids to not follow into the woods because you won't come back. They're mostly all kind of like things that they tell you not to. If you see if you see a spirit in the woods, don't follow it. If you things that things that go after children, things that go after babies, the spirits of the undead, and everything. Like it's a very it's a very mystical city. It's a very mystical island. And I mean, there's regular religion too, but just there's there's everything. Like we've the West Indian culture is just so kind of mystical and magical. Like you. It's, it's made up of so many different peoples, so it's kind of a, a hodgepodge, a curry, if you will, of, of just festivals and culture and flavor and everything. It's really beautiful. Like, nothing really kind of... No, nothing really kind of explains it like being there. We have our own cultures, we have our own people, we have our own language, we have our own musics, plural, it's not reggae, (laughs) there are other musics, and uh, just everything, I mean, it's funny how like hip-hop is, because like hip-hop is a music of rhyming, but Calypso and Soka are, particularly Calypso, is... A, it's a song of rhyming that's always been the case and they like diss each other it's almost like a rap battle like a diss battle but it's been it's existed this whole time so it's funny to see how like people are like well hip hop came from America in Brooklyn or LA and like you know New, like California and all that stuff in the 80s and the 70s but like a lot of this stuff existed beforehand in the Caribbean it was just what we did it's just, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. It's fun to see where the, where the trees come from, where the roots are, so to speak. I remember one carnival as a little child. I was a Lagahu, and Lagahu is a animal spirit that looks like a pig, a dog, or I forget something else, a cat. And it's, it lures children into the forest and then it makes children into Lagahu. Or it eats them. They never really clarify. So I had black tights on, a colorful st- a colorful uh, chest piece, like a, a band, like a shoulder band that went across my sternum back to my other shoulder that had kind of like feathers on it, a headband that had an animal spirit totem on the front, and then a staff that also had an animal spirit on it. Typically, they're the same animal spirit. So you have the dogs, you have the cats, you have the... Forget what the other one I said. A pig. And, uh... You just kind of... You dance. You dance through the entire... You dance around the entire island. With just huge, loud trucks of music. Booming and blaring. And that was my troop. There's like 50. <laughs> they're adults, there's a king and queen of each mass, uh, mass is what they call the carnival parts, the carnival, uh, teams, you play in mass, is what they say, and you, you just 
dance and have a good time. If you whine, which is kind of low hip dancing. Uh, it might look sexual to some people, but it's not. It's just how we dance. And yeah, you're just, you know, you're in as little clothes as you possibly could be while still covering up what you need to cover up. And everything's pretty thin and it's very hot. And I didn't realize how hot it was. So my friend, my uncle had to grab me because I was about to pass out because I wasn't drinking enough water and I was dancing. And the people who can't afford to dress up for carnival go out with pots and pans and like spoons and all that stuff and they beat on things like a cowbell in a way. And they just play along with the music and dance down the street as little bits and pieces because it goes through cities. But it also goes through, you know, like, um, through residential areas. So, my father's from Barataria, which is like a little kind of, I guess, jungle-esque type place. Which is not really jungle. It's, uh, it's more kind of rural. And so, it's, it's towards the north. And then there's Puerto Spain, which is at the bottom is more kind of like a harbor town, um, and that's like literally five miles from Venezuela, and it's just really beautiful. For those who don't know, Trinidad and Tobago are two islands that make up one country, and they, one nation, and they, uh, yeah, they're on the coast of Venezuela, part of Latin America, uh, part of the Caribbean, part of Latin America. It depends on where your perspective, really. And it's just, it's a celebration of people and everything. But I remember, yeah, dancing and having a good time. And then later, we'd go out and we'd eat food and it's a lot of fruits. And, like, they primarily do, like, depending on where you are, there's more chicken than there is anything else. So you kind of just eat whatever you can eat. I don't really eat meat. I haven't eaten meat in like 12, 14 years. But, uh, yeah. You know, when you're there, you just you eat whatever people give you, honestly. Because it's food. Food is... It's not, a, it's not a poor country by any means, but, you know, you eat what you're supposed... You eat what people offer you out of just being polite. So it's like goats and ox and chicken and... Iguana, that's right, iguana, um, and lots of fruit and vegetables, flavors, and curries, and if you have a weak stomach, this is not for you, <laughs> to say that, put it that way, uh, if you don't enjoy spices, this is not for you, but there's a, one of the drinks I remember drinking when I was a child was this drink called Mulby, my dad always says you gotta have Caribbean blood to be able to drink Mulby. It's made out of like aniseed and mulby bark. And it's not it's not alcoholic at all, but it will it's very effervescent. It has a very strong kind of licorice aniseed taste. It's a little rough <laughs> if you're not used to it. Uh, it's kinda like uh, ginger beer, real ginger beer being made from scratch is a completely different thing than anything other people have been used to seeing or tasting, it'll it'll burn you. It'll burn your stomach if you're not used to it. Uh, you kind of have to water it down a bit. 
if you just try and drink it straight, like it's like getting punched in the gut with knives. But it's very spicy. You'll choke a little, but it's it's very it's very delicious though. I like it a lot. I like to mix my mulvey and my ginger beer together and make like kind of a kind of a spicy kind of malty drink. And then uh, there's also sorrel. Sorrel is uh, I'm trying to think what sorrel's made of. Sorrel's kind of like a purple drink, medicinal drink made from. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but it's um, yeah, it's purple, but it's delicious. It's really good. But yeah, that's uh, it's Caribbean, honestly. Every time I see Dad, I'm always reminded of these things. He's just, you know, he's happy. He's doing well. For a while, he's got he's got all these pills and all these pressure gauges and all this stuff. So that's a little. It always feels a little strange, you know, to see your father, your parent recognize that they're they're so much older than you were when you were a child <laughs> it doesn't sound like that should be surprising but it is sometimes it just is I don't know life lives us whether we're ready for it or not you know that's how life is that's how life works a dad who's been left alone with his kids for the weekend uh alex gone to visit her family in north carolina and so i'm giving the medications to the kittens and their food and the dog's food i like i feed them but i've never given them their medication before so there's a little nervousness and fucking it up honestly but it's gonna be okay you have to go and finish your food tom come on buddy Tom likes to kind of mess around. He's not a... He has a very small window of focus. So, there's a lot of me holding a bowl in front of his face and going like, eat your food. You can hear him eating right now. Just a snack, little little snapper. Mochi has no problem eating her foods. She just eats. <laughs> She'd eat his food, honestly, if, he, if I'd let her. Um, you know, Ma has always just been steadily eating food, always. Like, she'll she'll eat her food, she'll eat my food, she'll eat the cat's food. She's a dog. That's what dogs do. So, yeah, there's a little bit of anxiousness about it, but luckily, you know, Alec wrote me out a big list, and so I'm getting everything done. And, you know, all the medications and stuff, the .5s and the .8s and... Uh, half and a quarters and all that stuff it just it's it's not how my mind works so it's hard kind of doing measurements in such ways for me but I feel like I can do this the only problem I have really is that I get off work from the garage at about seven o'clock and then I gotta be here by seven thirty. 7.30, to then make sure they eat their food and get their medication. So there's a nervousness about, you know, traffic and stuff like that. But I made it here. So Mochi can't have Tom's food. So, yeah, everything's going. It's just, it's a new adventure. And this, she's going to be gone until Tuesday, so I have to do this twice a day um, till then. So 
Wish me luck. I might take a little longer than I should, but I hope they'll be okay. Um, yeah. Tom, come here. Eat the rest of your food, buddy. Come here, buddy. Mochi, get off me. <laughs> the adventure continues. The show's almost over. It's almost the 8th. It's the 28th or 29th. I don't know. It's something. And I need to make all this stuff and I'm super nervous. It might just be also because of the cat thing, but now like being out of town, but I need to make all this work and do all these little things and I'm just, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared that no one's gonna show up. I'm scared that I'm not going to prep everything properly. I'm scared that people show up and they're super bored with all the things that I make and maybe my 15 minutes are up, you know. I just got here. I don't want to lose it. I just want to do well. I don't want to be a tortured artist. I don't want to be a sad artist. I don't want to lose my mind and my creativity. I don't want to beg the world to grasp at my creativity. I want them to see it and just feel amazed and elated and move forward. And I want to keep making. It's weird how the fear just gets to you sometimes. But maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I should paint my fear like I did before just go into it full blind and let it have me let it move me forward and backwards and go all the ways in which the things in which it needs to come from fall back in the milk bath breathe it deep let the proteins get in my lungs and grow into something bigger nervous for the sake of being nervous. We'll see. I can do this. I can be part of everything. I can do this. I can make whatever I want. I can do this. I'm going to do great and everybody's going to love it. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. There are these moments where, like, you plan everything out. And kind of, that's what I had. Alex out of town, so I'm doing the studio stuff today. But, inevitably, a crook in the neck happens. So, I had to go back into work on my day off. Everybody's close. <laughs> because somebody uh, had a race and didn't bother to pick up their stuff while we were open. So, they gave me this really sad story about how they had to head back. They had to 
get their bike to go for the race. For those who don't know, I'm a bike mechanic in addition to a painter. And uh, yeah, so that was my hour and a half. I had to set this bike up so it would be race ready. And so, yeah, it was kind of inconvenient. Took me out of my groove. I was just hanging out with the cats and the dog, falling asleep on the couch, planning out my paintings with a little sketchbook and a pen. <laughs> I've gotten a little better about getting back into that. For a while, I didn't really plan anything. Uh, and then there was a time where all I did was make like huge notebooks of planned paintings. Every sketchbook was simply, you know, what's the next thing I'm gonna do? How's that gonna work? What's my next step? How many patterns have to go? Just, just everything, you know? That simple kind of, I want a curve or a line or a pattern. I want placement. It's kind of funny because I don't really do any of that now. Now I just kind of walk up to the canvas and it just lets it bleed however it goes. But I've been kind of trying, I guess because of the cats, to get better about doing that again. That's hard. It's hard to find a, a practicing state that I'd kind of abandoned 10 years ago. It's not, uh, it's not as easy a kind of falling back into it as I thought it would be. But it's coming together. I'm trying to hang out with Dad tomorrow. That should be interesting. Uh, I'm not going to do anything really fancy. Maybe just pick him up, bring him over, hang out. Something simple. Cheap. <laughs> Preferably inexpensive. Got a bunch of Chinese food that I grabbed so I could just be in the studio and I could stop occasionally to like grab a couple bites and keep going. I know that's not how you're meant to live, <laughs> but it's, it's how I'm doing right now. I just remember like being this, this artist 12, year, 12, 13 years ago, who would just stay up all day and all night painting. And just, it was madness, you know? If I wasn't painting, I was thinking about painting. I kinda can't go back to that. It just doesn't seem actively sane. Remember reading this article about old artists and old painters who were famous. And it was funny because the misconception that a lot of people have is they spend all their day painting and planning and drawing and etc. But in actuality they spent like two to three hours doing it. They much like the rest of us had, you know, other things they had to do. Commissions and day jobs and plan you know, just just living life, making food eating and being with family and all these things like we have this weird idea that like we're sacrificing ourselves by being human <laughs> that will never reach the uh the pinnacle like these other grand artists like Frida Kahlo were but you, we forget those little obstacles you know it's, it's kind of like uh People point out people who lived a long period, who lived a really long time, and then you you realize it's it's a modern medicine thing. It's not a 
not a, they just managed to live to 106, you know? There was a, a staff of people keeping them going in a lot of cases. Not all cases, but in a lot of cases. They, you know, they, they were, they were taken care of, and that's why they managed to get what they got. And I feel like it's a similar thing with being a painter, like you're, the ones that can paint all day and all night, it's because they live in a different lifestyle atmosphere than the rest of us do, and that's kind of why it, it is exactly the way it is, it's not, it's not you're lazy and you can't find the time. There's so many, like, just occasions where I just remember, like, painting these huge paintings in acrylic and spending six months just non-stop waking up at four in the morning to paint these paintings before going into work for ten hours and then getting off work and then painting for another six hours and then going to sleep right around four, three to four, and then getting back up at seven to paint some more. And it was just, it was madness sickening. <laughs> like, I got physically sick. So I feel like that's the right wording to use for it. But, uh, yeah. Don't beat yourself up. It's, uh, it's very easy to take that out on yourself when you feel like you're just not getting everything accomplished the way you want. That's, that's a normal feeling. Even the people who are getting it don't feel like there's enough time in the day. So... I, I will hypocritically tell you to take time off, rest your head, close your eyes, and think beautiful thoughts, even though I probably won't be doing that. It's just, uh, it's that madness. Chasing that madness. Painter madness, as I refer to it. I just don't know. I, uh, side note. So Arteza hit me back. So that was kind of cool, uh, the painting company, and the paint company, and they sent me a gift certificate for some free, uh, well, discounted, priced, uh, gotta still pay for it, though, paint supplies. So I used that, so that was kind of cool. They sent me some prepaid money on PayPal. It's not exactly what I wanted. I wanted them to sponsor me. And then, you know, maybe send me some stuff and have me make a video and all this other stuff. So maybe I'll just do a video so that you guys know, like, what some of these paints and how they work. I got the gouaches. I got a 12-pack of gouaches to go with my 64-pack of <laughs> of watercolors. Because I like to mix gouache and watercolors. Which I know, I'm sure, is a faux pas to some people. But to be fair, I don't really care how other people feel about stuff. When it comes to negative things about my paintings anymore. I've gotten... I talked to Alec about it. She's like, you get caught up. You get too caught up on some of the stuff these people say. It don't matter. Like, the people who enjoy your work, they just enjoy your work. It's not about... It's not about the people who, you know, they nitpick and they do whatever, like... It's, it's, they're not writing something on the aspect of, you know, if you did the face shape before the eyes, you know, I was totally going to, while I'm watching the video, I was totally going to buy the painting from you because I think it's beautiful. But, you know, I saw that and I was like, well, like, I can't support that. So, sorry. If you do it the other way in your videos, perhaps, then I will definitely be buying something. So, 
you know, the magic has been has been broken, so to speak, and I, I need you to fix it so that I might purchase what you have going on. And but that's not what happens. <laughs> They're just critical for the sake of being critical. They like to shit on things because eh, it gives them something to do, you know? They're, they're rude on the sake of rudeness. So, fuck them. Doesn't matter. So yeah, now I'm just kind of waiting for that to come in. A couple other things to come in. Uh, Monday, so it should be good, you know? I'm going to get a lot done. Like, a lot, a lot done. And I'm excited about that. There's a pinata going on <laughs> uh, outside my building, so that's kind of funny. Uh, some of these little birthday parties. I love those. I love little birthday parties. They make me happy. Some of my kids just having a good time. They don't have the stress we had. It's important. They should not have it. It's unnecessary. It's not even necessary for us. So, yeah. Last few days, I've just kind of been alone with the cats and the dog. Trying to figure out all the things that I want to get done with the paintings. In the midst of pouring a glass of orange juice, it kind of dawned on me what my next painting's going to be. And a vision of an alligator laying on its belly. show you soon. I'll be at a good time. This was a good show. It was uh, sparsed out, but it was honest and beautiful. I thank you. I love you guys. All of you guys. You make it really worth it. See you soon. Thank you. Love you guys. Pair. Ciao.